Yeah, so all right, this is episode 40 of Dreadful Talk. Um, special guest for you guys this week is Lauren Kelly. And, you know, one word for it may be intuitive. You know, there's a lot of words, labels we can put on it. But I'll let you introduce yourself and just kind of tell people what you're about, what you do, what you know, and then we can kind of get started. <laughs> well, hey, one of the Greek philosophers said, uh, the only thing that I know is that I know nothing. Mm. I fully agree with that. Sorry, I'm getting this plugged in. No, okay. no, you're fine. That's literally one of my, like, codes I live by, like, the whole wise man knows what he doesn't know, for real, because it's, uh, it's like the whole known known and known unknown, and you can go down that rabbit hole, but it's true, it's true. It's like, for real, the more the more you think you understand, the more you un realize you don't understand anything. At all. That's a great way to put it. It's so true. Well, I have been uh, professionally selling my kind of woo-woo artworks since I was 17 years old. Um, and somewhere in there, I got into tarot reading and just stumbled headlong into what is now my whole business housed under LK Productions LLC. That includes my artworks, tarot readings, and my most popular aura portraits, um, yeah, which is basically yeah. like a watercolor picture of how I like intuitively see somebody. So it's not like getting your caricature done at the fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's like kind of getting your whole spirit, chakras, all that stuff that people are a little bit weird about getting into. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly why I wanted to have you on because people are weird to get into it. And, like, I, it's something that, like, I like to talk about. I like to think about. I like to ponder about, ask questions about. But it's something I don't know a lot about, and I haven't ever had any, like, kind of crazy experiences myself. So, like I said, I wanted to just to have you on, have these conversations that, you know, so, are kind of, I guess you could say taboo, whatever, just – like I said, I don't know if supernatural is the right word, but just that spiritual side of things that, like, you know, um, that we all kind of think about, we all have questions about. But, yeah, like, um, uh, different people see it in different ways, and, and it, it can be a little controversial. So I'm just – I'm approaching this with curiosity and an open mind and a lot of questions. And, like I said, I'm not, you know, judging. I'm like – I said, like, I don't know. So, like, I'm not approaching this from, like, an entrenched position of, oh, I'm going to try to dissect this apart or, 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 like, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm headlong believing in it too. You know what I mean? I'm coming just from a straight-down-the-line, neutral, curious perspective. So thank you for joining me today. Absolutely. That's funny that you say that, too, because that's usually the perspective that gets me in trouble with the most skeptics and with the most like super mondo hippies. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah. they're too committed or not committed enough. But, you know, part of like understanding a lot of these systems is also deviating from our super white Western zero mysticism, except for when it's called for on Sundays kind of thing. People don't realize how like how intertwined colonialism and a lot of our beliefs around those dirty hippies, so to speak, are. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, and then just, like, derogatory views of the yeah. East and, and, and things yes. that that um, that Eurocentric worldview and all that. And, and it's crazy because it's, like, as much as I'm not knowledgeable on, like, necessarily the spiritual side of things, that, that whole colonialism and Eurocentric, now that's something I'm well-versed in, and it's crazy how those things can be intertwined. They really are. And, I mean, you think about it, um, for the longest chunk of human history – divine right was how we determined rulership, taxes, how you draw the lines in your communities and stuff. So even though it seems like it's really out there, it only seems like that to us because that's what we grew up in, especially, you know, coming up in Oklahoma. <laughs> like, yeah. welcome to the Bible Belt. It is all fundamentalism all the time. 
Yes. Oh, wow. That's a great word. Fundamentalism. I need to add that to the old repertoire because I, I, I always try to find ways to describe it. And I've actually tried to describe the Bible Belt. And I guess what I was trying to get at was fundamentalism. I just had a cruder way of demonstrating that point. I'm like, it's like Saudi Arabia or like Iran, but like just like Southern Baptist insert like, like, you know, Christian principles for, like, Islamic principles. It's, like, it runs the culture. It's deeply entrenched. Like, there's parallels to be had, but fun, that's the word I've been looking for. So thank you yeah. so much. And, you know, in those places, too, the, the pockets of them that are super, super fundamentalist like that, you're exactly right. It is entirely the culture. So even for people who aren't believers of that faith, they still have to be able to navigate it all the time. And that necessarily oh, yeah. means that cultural elements of these older practices or other practices are just getting, like, dropped. Like, this is how, not to get too deep too fast, but, like, that's how cultural genocide occurs. Oh, yeah. We're, I'm here for all the deepness. We're here yeah. for rabbit holes. We're here for spinoff and trail. Oh, thank so, God. Oh, yeah. That, you're, 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 you're speaking my language. So, yeah, no doubt. No no need to check yourself there. We we'll, we'll can feel free to explore wherever this conversation takes us. But, yeah, no, I feel you. I, that's been kind of my quote-unquote spiritual journey, just to open up a little bit about myself. Like, a lot of my spiritual journey has been kind of like the classic of, like, losing my religion type of narrative of like I came up in rural Oklahoma so even before I moved to Norman Norman was my big city like I, I came up in Winniewood Oklahoma like yes the home of Tiger King and then um also Purcell Oklahoma which is another pretty damn small <laughs> town so like you know Norman I think probably has what 140 ish thousand people that was like big shit whenever I got up there I came up in my formative years in small town, like, I went to, like, private Baptist school, um, schools mm -hmm. and just came up in that small town, you know, like, even just, like, playing sports in them small towns, you know, you're you're praying before all the games. and they just oh, God. Talk. Yeah, I mean, your pregame dinners are at churches. Like, some stuff that has nothing to do with church is still intertwined with church. And so – and then I, I, ended, I found myself only to play football, but I found myself at a Baptist university, uh, Oklahoma Baptist University in Shawnee, Oklahoma. And, and, and I, um, I, like I said, I, I, I thought I was a Christian at that point, but, you know, I, I figured I was around all these people that, quote, unquote, had all the answers that, like, you know, I was at literally a whole Christian institution dedicated to finding, answering these questions and finding out. And so I would ask the, quote, unquote, like, difficult questions to these people that, like, I, I swear I wasn't trying to pick it apart. It was just, like, the, like, I would just, like, oh, okay, these are finally some people that might, like, I've never had anybody be able to answer these um, questions. Now I'm at this higher institution. Maybe I can finally get some of these answers. I wasn't even trying to be, like, a dick. But then I would always get these, these, my, the answers would always be, like, I was, like, like, oh, Disrespecting yeah, or some shit. Yeah, and I'm like, no, no, I'm trying to understand better. And then I would always, like, it always seemed like I was trying to get at some dirty little secret and, and, and or some, I swear I would get the weirdest just energy when I would try to get some fundamental questions. Like, okay, you want me to, like, suspend disbelief and submit my whole worldview to you? Can you at least answer some of these questions that may arise in that process? Like, I was literally trying to, and, and, and it was problematic, the questions I was asking and, and, and um, and it made me skepticize my, for the first time while I was trying to get deeper into it. So that's kind of my been my journey, not to get too far down it, but just like so 
I said, I, I, I approach things now with a healthy amount of skepticism because I a lot of my process has been unlearning and asking questions and, and kind of just trying to figure out those age-old questions, you know? Yeah, that's so funny, too. Like, we grew up in such close proximity and didn't even know it most of the time. Like, obviously, we went to school together in Norman, but... Like, I was kind of like you. The most of my time in childhood was spent in little towns that are, like, not even on the map, except for maybe once every few years when their lake poisons somebody. <laughs> like, deadass. I was in Kahanawa and Vamusa, like, being all of those that are all around Asher and Ada. Wow. All I haven't the heard time. those names in a minute. I, heard I know. Names in a minute. Yeah, sure. I'd be yeah. grateful not to hear them in a minute, to be honest. I <laughs> yeah, I um, my dad's family, the, the indigenous side of my family, is from Bethel Acres. That's where they first settled whenever they were moved here, and that's where they still are, because, you know, the, the CPN, the Citizen Potawatomies, are big in Shawnee. That's yeah. kind of where they're headquartered, and Bethel was absorbed into Shawnee. Okay. Um, so that's, like, my family is all distributed that same way. Only uh, difference yeah. is, so get this, I know that you were asking those questions in college. Um, I was an undiagnosed autistic girl for like the majority of my life. And so I was asking these questions in preschool and these people thought I was like that kid Damien from the Omen or something. So my family was Baptist. So they were like, why is your daughter asking what came before God? And I never did know, but yeah. shoot, now we know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, that's anytime. Like, I feel like if your premise is strong and you're not yeah. trying to sell me bullshit, you, and, 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 and I'm not trying to, like, religion bash or anything. I'm just saying this has no. been my experience. Like, and, and I'm, I just use harsh verbiage. But anyway, like, I, if you're not trying to sell me bullshit or you're not a snake oil salesman, then you should have no problem with me asking all types of questions. Like, especially, like, if what you're selling me is that you have answers. You should have mm -hmm. no problem with me asking questions if you're if you're selling answers. You know what I mean? That's what religion is, is answers. And, and like, so like, I don't, I never that understood that, like how- that defensiveness. I, yeah, yeah. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like, if you're, you're literally claiming to have all the answers, like that's what it is. You're claiming to have the answers to the mankind's most ancient and problematic questions. And, mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. so that's a bold claim for somebody that don't like questions being asked. You know what I mean? Like, so that's mm -hmm. kind of- that's that's mm -hmm. been my experience with it a lot and um and yeah and like i said it, it was real interesting like the first philosophy class i ever took was mm -hmm. um it was a it was at the baptist college so you know that was always kind of interesting right like yeah and, and, and um and to make it even more interesting the guy that was teaching that class was a guy who he was atheist well into his 30s and he was like a late life convert and, whoa and, and so that made for a super, super interesting dynamic. But I got to say, I got to say, and I think it does come from his unique background that he wasn't essentially brainwashed his whole life, that nobody appreciated my healthy skepticism like that guy. And nobody actually tried to give thoughtful answers to my questions like that guy. And he, and he, he was one of the few people that didn't kind of give me that defensive nature that we've apparently both experienced so many times. Yeah, and that's so valuable, too, because the fact is, like, I don't know about you, but when I look at religion, I really like to know what exactly I'm looking at. Am I looking at the text that the religion is housed in? Am I looking at the society that is living through the lens of that religion? What am I really looking at? Because religion is made up of not just the faith, but also usually a certain dogma and a certain, like, degree of um, cultural relevancy within it. 
And so, you know, somebody that's out here being clergy and then they can't answer a question. It's like, okay, so are you so entrenched in your culture that you really are that resistant to looking into something? And also on that note, I don't know about you, but I prefer for somebody, if they are genuinely faithful and they don't have an answer for something, I love hearing, I don't know. Like the yeah. level of humility in that is just... Mm. Yeah, well, and that's what it's supposed to be about anyway, right? <laughs> At least according to them, is not knowing yet believing anyways. Like that's yeah. quite literally the dictionary definition of the word faith is not... You can't have faith in something you know. That's always been one of my favorite, like word trick mind experience to, to play with kind of super religious people is like you by definition of the word faith can't have faith in something you know and, yes. and you know faith is the pillar of what everything is built on so the pillar of what everything's built on is not knowing but you're trying to have your cake and eat it too you're trying to tell me you have faith but that you know what you have faith in and, to, mm -hmm. and, and maybe I'm playing verbal gymnastics, like maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm, I'm being too much of a lawyer, but you see like the, 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 the problem starts to arise pretty fast with just some surface level picking, like you ever pick that paint on the wall and then the next mm -hmm. thing you know, like the whole ugly color underneath is exposed, like that's kind of what it feels like. Like I just ask a simple question and then it just leads to just like a, a shakier and shakier foundation. I don't know, uh, that, that's it's been- funny. When individuals are lying or playing games with you, they do the same thing. So why do we think it's any different whenever clergy act that way? And not all clergy do, but, you know, the, the yeah, ones that are a little bit rough. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's an important distinction for us to make. Like, right, we're talking about experiences that we've had in these rural communities and a very specific, you know, culture and, and you know, that's problematic. You know, there's good people out there that that believe in all faiths there's good people out there that teach all faiths but as we've seen happen throughout history and throughout mankind it's easy to manipulate that into something twisted or something dark or something political or it, i mean it happens i mean throughout history and it happens before our eyes every day and, and that's kind of more of what we're talking about you know i think there is like, do I want to live in, like, I've seen some stuff and, you know, I consider myself left leaning, but I also have a lot of problems with the super far left in it. But it's like, I, I've seen a lot of stuff coming from the super far left that's like abolish religion and like these super like Stalinist ideas. And I'm not for that at all. I think that there is definitely a place in, in, in a healthy society for religion and for these questions being asked. So I'm definitely not on like an abolish religion. I think that's taken it way too far. Yeah, and honestly, it's it it only feeds more into the existing power systems to think that way as well. I think that a lot of people forget um, how both religion and lack of religion, enforced lack of religion specifically alike, have contributed to problems for specifically here in the West, indigenous and black people. Like, <laughs> it's hilarious to me how we can think back and think about, like, at least in my tribe, we had a very animist worldview. Um, some still have it before we started intermingling with the, the French. Um, and we were forced into missionary schools to beat that out of us. Wow. And the thing is, in our traditional religions, there was no one and nothing higher than, um, or no one and nothing below us. Like, we were the last in creation. So why we would think that we would be privy to some plans of God that somebody else isn't was just ludicrous. We, we literally believed that we were existing to serve all of the earth and creation and God ultimately as it is. And so whenever religion comes in and says, no, 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 you can't practice that tribal stuff. 
you can only practice this. And then the white people come back again being like, no, 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 religion at all is actually the worst. So um, you're actually really primitive for even, I, as an art historian, I hear the word primitive and I'm ready to fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely yeah. like the most backhanded compliment. You yeah. probably can't even say compliment, but yeah, I feel you on that. Um, man, all right, so I think a lot of this other talk will you know, reemerge throughout these topics, but let's kind of dive into just some of the more, um, you know, let's get weird a little bit. No, I want to <laughs> dive straight into the deep end, you know, no sticking your toe into the water. Um, let's, let's start off with ghosts or, um, so yeah. I wrote down ghosts and then my wife is like, watch it. She, she's going to prefer the word spirit. Over <laughs> and and, and, and I, so, uh, how, how accurate is that? If you prefer the term ghost and spirit, <laughs> And then let's get let's dive into that subject a little bit. Well, it it depends. I'm actually gonna I I don't know. I might blow your mind blow your mind here a little bit. Um, and I apologize if I like start becoming bro sciency. I hope that's oh, okay. Oh, I'm for all the bro science. I'm here <laughs> for it. That's the whole point of having a podcast, right? <laughs> True. Um, so it depends on what exactly you're getting at. Um, so I actually have done house cleansings before and I had to stop them for a while and then kind of low key bring them back. Like I have some clause on my website somewhere that says that I'll do them, but you have to look for it and find it. It's not like a thing that you can pre-order okay. Um, okay. because there's a lot of different things that people can be referring to in my experience, at least whenever they're referring to ghosts, oh, they could okay. be referring to that. They're actually like, I, I'm going to I'm going to deal with the skeptical end before I go into the other end. So they could be dealing with undiagnosed psychosis that also could be drug or alcohol induced. Different people react to different shit differently. And because of the effects that are still here of the war on drugs, like a lot of people don't even have access to the kind of research that you would need to even know if that would be a risk factor for you, much less be able to talk about it with like a psychiatrist who would actually be able to know because there would be sufficient studies and shit like so. There could be like phenomenon that are just occurring in your brain. Um, another factor that I've seen has been like whether you're able to handle your emotional energy. And because of that emotional energy, you're a little bit more vulnerable to things. And so one of the things that people never believe me on, and I, I, I am beyond caring about, to be totally honest, is called poltergeist. Um, poltergeist refers to activity in or around your home that you can't really fully explain. And it's not sentient like it it's not responsive to things um it's it really just happens usually at a time of emotional um height for you like oh. you're getting really worked up over something so i've gone into clients homes to do a cleansing before and felt literally nothing there and turned around and been like okay i don't think you have a demon here which you'd think would be great news if you're having your house cleansed you know for somebody to be like hey great news there's no demon here and they get mad because I say, you know, I'm feeling some emotional tension. That might be why your cabinets are flapping or something. Like, I don't know. Uh, why don't you go to Pilates and marital counseling and call me in six months and tell me how it's going? Wow. Um, and then there's also, you know, like echoes of another time that I don't think are sentient either. And I think that that's what people most of the time are referring to when they say ghosts. Echoes um, of another time. That sounds like the name yeah. of like an album. Oh my right? God. Echoes <laughs> of another time. What a beautiful way to put that, though. Because I mean, that does, like when you hear people's description, that was another one of my questions. Because why are all ghosts from like anywhere between 17 and 1800? Like, why are there no caveman ghosts? There's no ghosts right? saying like Unga Bunga, but I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> like, all, yeah, 
you know, all the ghosts are from like this Victorian era, or I don't mm -hmm. know, but that seems to be a very common uh, trope. And when you hear people's st stories, but like I said, I'm not, I'm not even coming from the the position of a skeptic. I am coming from the position of somebody who's never felt an inkling not of nothing. Like seriously, like, like I've never, and, and I'm not, and like I said, that's 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 just my firsthand experience. I don't want to lie. Oh, this one time I felt something. I've never felt. Not one drop, but on on the flip side, like my wife Nina, she she's had quite she's a few. Yeah, she's had quite mm -hmm. a few um experiences, and she'll she'll tell you the stories. I'm gonna have her tell them on a podcast one of these days. But uh, you know, she she's had some experiences, and and she she she's pretty confident in how she feels about these type of things. And so, like I said, I'm not here to say anybody's wrong. I just never personally felt it. Um. But it is cool to hear you break it down, all those things that kind of do get lumped together. Like, for real, like, most of the time, just like you said, all that kind of gets thrown under umbrella term of just, oh, ghosts or spirits or haunted. or And it's cool that there's, like, different categories like that. Um, of course. Well, and on top of that, too, like, um, to even carry on a little bit more, I do definitely believe in spirits. I don't know that I believe in all the definitions that float out there of them. But part of that comes in an understanding that we may not be privy to certain things about the universe. For instance, we can't take a picture of dark matter. We just can't. Like, we've tried. We can't do it so yeah. far. Um, additionally, you think about, like, in geometry, and I might get a little bit too deep here for a second, so we can leap back if you'd like. Um, go down the oh, go ahead. So we exist in the third dimension, right? We have linked with height, and we have all the experiences that come with being animals in the third dimension. Um, when we look at the geometric aspect of dimensions, you know, you have a box that you can draw on paper that's two directions, right? You can pop it up into that third dimension, and we see it popping up because we're in that third dimension. However, if you want to take a cube and put it into the fourth dimension, so to speak, which we can only do entirely theoretically, and this is really weird and confusing, so slow me down. <laughs> we no, need to no, no, no. I'm listening. I'm listening. Um, but you've got to actually pop the cube almost through itself in order to be able to reach the fourth dimension because we don't have a way to conceptualize that here in the third dimension. So it, it's like what looks to us as if you're just a blip or moving inward could actually be moving into another dimension. So in that sense, I believe that there's some stuff out there that I can't see, and that just comes from that straight-up indigenous humility <laughs> worldview. But there's yeah. stuff in existing that I necessarily can't and probably won't be able to see. I'd love to see science verify it one of these days, but I'm not going to wait around for it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that that's a dangerous line to toe, right? Because not dangerous, but because... Oh, it can be. <laughs> well, well, what I'm saying is, like, science has been late to the party before in proven stuff that mankind has known before. And so... You know, it's not out of the realm of possibility to think that one day this stuff is all going to be scientifically verifiable and people that are intuitive or have had experiences maybe are just like a, a little ahead of the curve or picking up something that we don't fully understand yet. Um, and then, and then you know, there's also there's always the, the the argument to be made for the complete other side too. That yeah, like kind of like you were saying at first, it's in people's heads, or, or you know, to to put it mildly or to put it oversimplified. But um, all right, just kind of you know, brass tacks, getting right at the point. Have you ever uh, have you ever seen slash communicated with 
a spirit, a ghost, an entity, whatever kind of insert word there. Like, have you ever seen it visually or just communicated or anything along those lines? So, uh, yes. And I guess my, my main example that I actually experience very regularly is something that I thought for a long time was, I don't know if you're familiar with C.G. Jung's work um, or Carl, but he hated his first name. He went by C.G. <laughs> um, he describes all of us as having different archetypes within us that function almost as a symbolic representation of uh, different parts of our psyche. And so this one particular figure that I've been seeing in my dreams in particular um, since I was, God, probably three, four years old, maybe earlier, um, for a long time, I thought that he was that Jungian archetype, other aspect of me, until I started having other, like, readers, whenever I go to fairs for these things, and, like, there are other psychic readers, I try to go, like, you know, get a reading from somebody, because why not? And I started having those people start picking up on this guy and describing him to a T. Um, to this day, there are still days that I, like, I wake up and I seriously think that I just heard somebody walking down my hall. Um, I'll have very specific messages come in dreams. I don't visually see these things though. Um, and the key thing probably that differentiates um, him from something that I could even potentially be making up would be just the fact of how I, I never shared anything about him throughout my entire childhood. <laughs> like I honestly yeah. started to think he was like an imaginary friend or something. I was like, what's wrong with my brain? <laughs> And then um, these people start describing him, his behavior, his demeanors, phrases that I had not shared with anybody exactly as they had been said in dreams of mine. Um, so for me, it's mostly that dream state where I get like visual and other sensory stuff um, or right upon waking. Um, okay. But then I get like these gut feelings pretty commonly, which is really, really hard to describe. But it's as if you haven't you, you know something the same way that you know that the sky is blue and you don't really question how you know it because you think surely somebody told me or I saw it or something. And then you speak it aloud and somebody gasps because they don't know how you could know that. <laughs> that's kind of how a lot of that knowing comes through, including about spirits. Man. Yeah. That, that's crazy. That, that, like, you know, that's really cool. That's, that's a cool way to look at it for sure. Like, yeah, the only, the only thing I have, I, I have, pretty damn vivid deja vu sometimes like there's and it's always at the most mundane point of my life like yeah. uh, like when I'm driving taking a certain exit it's like I like I don't know it's it happens at like mundane times never anything like helpful like it's never like this is who <laughs> you know wins the fights on Saturday to go place a bet it's never anything right. like that but it'll just be the most dumb little moment the most mundane mm. moment I'll be like I swear to god I saw this shit before but um, I would encourage you to tune in and think in those moments what you have been thinking about when you feel it or what has been your worry throughout that day because there may be something in that moment for you whether it's symbolic like a certain type of bird landing and then you go google you know fucking albatross symbolism or whatever and something comes up there may be something for you there yeah, hell yeah no for sure that is interesting i because I, yeah i never that's the only thing i've ever been able to like tap into um now like i've always this is how i feel about ghosts or spirits or however you want to say it the thought of it really doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. Like, I don't understand what's so, like, quote-unquote, scary about it. Now, what does kind of what, – what trips me out in the way that my mind works is, like, the ramifications of it. 
So, like I said, I mean, I'm not really the most religious guy. I don't, you know, I kind of believe when we die, it kind of ends. And that's just my own personal belief. There's a lot of money. Most of the world disagrees with me. I, um, but what I'm, but so the thought of there being like spirits, I mean, what does that mean? Like, is heaven and hell real? Is, 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 um, you know, what do they call that? Uh, purgatory, is that real? Like, um, it just, like I said, it's not so much ghosts. Like, the thought, if I saw a ghost, I heard a noise. I don't think that would bother me that much. You know, maybe I'll feel differently in that moment. But uh, I, I, it's more of just, like, the ramifications of, like, what next? Like, what's the follow-up question? Like, if, if the answer to our ghost real, if that answer is yes, then, like, what is the answer to 1B and 1C? And that's just how my brain works. Like I said, it's not so much the just the surface level of if ghost real, does that bother you? Like, that really doesn't fuck with me too much. It kind of makes sense. Like, I don't know. I feel like we've been conditioned. Like, it, I, I, it makes sense. We would know what it is if we saw it. But it just the thought, the thought, the follow-up questions is what, where my brain just goes down that rabbit hole. Do you ever kind of struggle with that at all? A little bit. And I used to more than I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, more and more, though, I see, I see how certain groups have taken very literally what was meant to be analogy. Mm. Um, And so when I think about, you know, I love translating religions into other religions for people. Like I always end up masquerading as a member of whatever faith I'm hanging around very, very easily because I don't know, I have a long history of exploring religions. Um, But I think what gets me the most is that people think that whenever we talk about heaven and hell, for example, that we're talking about literal places that you can go heaven or hell the same way that you can go to the dry cleaners um, after death. And that's just not quite it. I almost, and part of this, I, I subscribe to like a reincarnation that informs worldview, I guess, um, or even a more indigenous worldview where it's just understood that like you are part of a whole. And so your consciousness is often this little flesh suit right now when you're a human. And then maybe it's part of something else later. So Um, perhaps your individual identity does not remain the same per se. But when I think about heaven and hell, I think about states of being. I think about what kind of state of being are you in? Because you can damn yourself to hell in five minutes by making some really shit choices and having to live with them. Or you can be in purgatory by like remaining in the same cycle over and over and over and over again, be it in this lifetime alone or in multiple Um, I don't necessarily think that it's so much of a place. And I think that's where a lot of like the ghost hunter personalities kind of maybe deviate from what they can actually feel with their guts or tune into. Um, Like I have absolutely zero fear for myself or anyone else that one of us is going to die and then be like, Oh no, I'm stuck in this room forever because I didn't hear from my long lost brother or something like that. Like um, that's something I've always struggled with too, with a lot of these, I don't, I guess you could say generic, these typical ghost stories you hear of the old saloon or the old hotel. What, what, and this goes back, I guess, to actually, you know, being somewhat educated on actual religion is how can something metaphysical be contained by something physical as in like drywall or like the confines of a room or a house? And I'm not saying that it can't be or that like, there aren't haunted houses. Like I just, I've never, that's what I never understood. I never, I never got that part of it. How something like literally, which has escaped the confines of the flesh and of this world, it, but still, but can't get through some, some like some two by fours and some drywall. I can punch through some drywall, 
Like, right? Yeah, I, I, but like I, said, I, I, you know, I say that kind of tongue in cheek, but seriously, like, like, I don't know. I just, that, that part never really made too much sense. And I guess who says that it has to make sense? Like not everything has to make sense to me. That's something else I learned the older I got. Like just, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to make sense to me. Like, like that's the world doesn't operate under like what like gets approved through my brain you know what i mean right so, uh, did dominic check this off today yeah, yeah yeah so so like it doesn't have to make sense but i just i would like i would like uh, not necessarily even from you but just from somebody that's like really believed that like haunted houses and stuff it's like how is it trapped in something physical if it's not a physical i don't does that make sense to you yeah, and honestly, like, that's where I kind of end up getting, I get into trouble with, like, paranormal people so much, <laughs> because I'm like, you guys realize, like, nobody can be trapped here. If it is fully a sentient spirit here, it's because they damn want to be. They yeah. have a reason to be. And if, if it's actually stuck, odds are it's probably just something influencing the environment. Somebody got real emotional and cried beside this doorway. And now whenever we renovate everything but the doorway, somebody feels sad when they stand up under it. That's like the majority of cases, it seems like. So I, I, uh, I get myself in trouble pretty quick with a lot of these people that are like, we're going to go catch a ghost. And I'm like, good luck. Like, you realize that ghost is older <laughs> than you and doesn't, doesn't have the same flesh considerations. It doesn't have to pause for potty breaks like you do. Come on. Yeah, that's, that, that is... Uh... <laughs> That's I mean, it's pretty arrogant, like just that human arrogance, right? Just to think yeah. that, like, yeah, they could go out smart. Um, all right, um, I think we may eventually come back to kind of that subject. I feel like we've explored it in kind of in a fun way. Um, <laughs> kind of now, I want to get into because well, I'll be real. Up until probably the start of the pandemic, I wasn't even really aware of what this word meant. And that word is chaka, and uh, mm, I. Yeah. I actually, and I know it's probably funny, but I, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. I first heard the word from watching anime and, yep. uh, and, and like, and, and, and just, but the cool thing about it is, and at least, at least this is what I picked up from watching different animes and they all kind of use it in a kind of a similar way. It is, um, it's, it's, it's a common theme throughout kind of just the culture and, and they kind of just talk about it in like an understood way. It's not like how Spider-Man got bitten by a spider and Superman got kryptonite and, and Batman was rich as fuck. Like, everybody has, like, their origin stories. Like, in anime, it's just kind of this understood energy that's kind of can be harnessed and, and, and refined. Um, and so that that's why, I, I don't know, that's pretty much the extent of my knowledge about Chakra. It's probably all fake bro anime science anyway, but... Uh, <laughs> Just yeah, uh, you know, because uh, you 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 you're able to paint and draw chakras, and 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 I know that there's a like they say like what different chakras mean different things, and there's different parts of the body. I mean, just give me like a chakras one on one chakras for them. <laughs> Gladly. So chakras, um, they first of all the word chakra means wheel in old Sanskrit, um, and this is because what the Vedic medicine systems do, such as Ayurveda is that they understand everything to have four bodies. They'll literally, if you go to an Ayurvedic doctor, they'll be like, well, you know, you have four bodies, right? You have your mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual. And they're all encompassed in what you're currently occupying, your body. Um, and so the chakras are seven point, usually seven points, some of them deviate by one or two, um, that are said to lie along the same line as the spine. And they represent both areas of your physical health and also your like emotional health. And then they also represent different areas of life. 
So um, starting at the root, which is the base of your spine and working your way up, you have the root chakra, which is usually represented by the color red. Um, and it is like, it, it's basically all of your human needs. It's all of your base human needs. You need to eat, you need to sleep, you need to feel secure. Um, moving on up to the one that's situated at like, at the same level as your genitalia is the sacral chakra. And it's associated with obviously reproductive energy, but also the more metaphorical interpretation of what that can stand for, which is creativity and connection and joy, like joie de vivre type of stuff. Okay. Um, moving up to your navel is the solar plexus chakra, which represents like your power, your decision making and your like, I guess you could say your direction in life. You think about Donnie Darko when they talk about moving up from the solar plexus and they show something moving up from there. It's kind of projecting your direction. Uh, it's not quite as creepy as that film, but it's it's that's kind of where it's situated and what it's about. It's, it's projecting that future motion for you. Okay. Um, the heart chakra, obviously it's your heart, um, is all about your compassion, how you connect to other people. And I also like to use it in the solar plexus chakra to understand like a place of meeting between our human animal in the lower chakras and our human spirit, our human consciousness in the higher chakras. Mm. Um, the throat is the situated place of like your, um, your communications. So the way that you express yourself in the world, the way that you speak, and the way that you listen as well. Um, the third eye or the brow chakra, obviously between your eyes, um, and that's also, you know, the Vedic medicine is where we get our third eye concept from. Um, it's all about how you intuit stuff and how you process information, how you decide to see the world and what you do in order to reason with it. Um, and then the crown chakra is the final one. It's right up here at your crown. Um, and it is like your place of prayer, connection with the universe, meeting with what all is out there and above you. Wow. And, and see, and it's so cool having it broken down like that. So just kind of just as somebody who doesn't come from that world or whatever, um, it's so easy, especially just certain circles of people or whatever the case may be. You bring up just the word chakras or, or and, and, and just instantly shot down, just like bullshit, right? But <laughs> if you took it just level like le by level, just like you just did, I mean, I don't think anybody would like disagree that those are all like things. I don't know. Like it was just when you when I heard it broken down level by level, there it made perfect sense. It's something that seems like every human being has experienced and can relate to and can essentially like self verify. And, and but it's just when it, but that's that's what we do, right? We we try to. It, it's easy to just like just throw out a whole like a whole bag of trash. We use this analogy. Mm -hmm. like, it's easy. If everything's in the bag, you just throw the whole bag out. Like, you, oh, chalkers, mm -hmm. whatever, bullshit. But, okay. you know, if, if if the bag rips open, we've all had that unpleasant experience. And you got to pick up each individual piece of trash. And, and I'm not calling this trash. That's a bad part of the metaphor. But, <laughs> but it, it's it, how the West thinks of it. So it, it, it takes forever to throw it away. And you realize how, like, I don't know, you can't just dismiss it as easily. And I feel like that's, like, what it is. It's, like, it's easy to dismiss whole concepts. But, like, if you explain the concept, all those ingredients are harder to throw apart when they're not all mixed together. I don't know. That made yeah, a lot of sense. We culturally kind of screw ourselves over on this because you've got two brands of dismissal in the West. The one brand is that we... Uh, as we saw in part of the hippie movement, and it's still going on in like a lot of white Wiccan communities specifically today. And that's not to say all Wiccans are like this, but it's, it's a pretty big problem. 
where they'll take something without really honoring where it comes from and just reduce it. So they'll say things, and this is another thing that gets me in hot water with the psychic community. Um, they'll say things like, well, you need to go cleanse your root chakra because, or they'll say chakra, like it's French, and it just, oh, <laughs> I can't stand it. You need to go cleanse your chakra because it's closed, and it's like it's not a valve. You can't close it. What are you talking about? And then the other camp of dismissal is, oh, yet another brown face we can just shove to the side. So it's like we, we even some of the people that buy into it, that they buy into it from an angle that totally sanitizes it of its actual meaning. I think that they do just as much work in dismissing as people that overtly dismiss it. Yeah, yeah. I am um, an interesting way to look at that, though. So what, what um, whenever the first times I really started taking chakras kind of seriously, even though I don't know too much about it, I just I, um, the first time I heard it talked about in like kind of a scientific sense, um, Rogan had this guy on his podcast, and I forget his name, but uh, he's a breathing specialist, and he yeah. focuses on breathing exercises, and I mean, has achieved some absolutely like things that should essentially be impossible um, mm -hmm. through these breathing exercises. Was this and Wim Hof, or was this somebody else? I can't. It probably is. I bet it was the, Wim Hof. the name, the name is escaping me, but I. Uh, it, it, but he was talking about it dead ass serious. Like it's not all he was talking about, but he would he mentioned it just like you would mention your the airways, and he would just talk about focusing it and how like a lot of the first people to perfect these breathing techniques were the like the 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 you know what do they call like monks and sherpas and stuff up in the high mountains. Um, yeah. And, 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 and just, I don't know, he was, but he incorporated it just in the middle of like his scientific sentences. Like it was just like a real normal thing. And I was like, really started to kind of pay attention. It's like, that was my introduction to like, damn, this may not be bullshit. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly yeah. the same way as you. Like I need somebody with some kind of level of legitimacy in something practical. Because I mean, honestly, and this is true of any of the spiritual shit like this, um, if it's not useful to you on your morning commute, or if it's not useful to you when you're getting in a fight with your spouse, or if it's not useful to you on the toilet, then what good is it believing in this stuff? Like, what, what are you really going to do with it? Sit there and feel special? <laughs> like, come on. It's got to have some practical fulfillment use for you. Yeah, no, that's an interesting way to look at it for sure. Like, um, just... Yeah, they, I don't know, just just the, the yeah, the the tangibility of it. And I just I I still I don't know, this is something I felt my whole life and, and it's something that I you know, there, there's never a way to prove it or wrong. Just it, just in my own little head, like my own little movie I play in my head of like if you could give the whole world like a truth serum to see like if they really believe that shit like to the core like to the core, like of your being, like, do you really, really believe it? Or is it just something that makes a lot of sense to do? And, and you know what I mean? And uh, I don't, I would be really, really interested to see what the results of that are for sure. Um, so kind of, I guess, moving along, you know, it's still in the same vein. Um, what and I'm just gonna ask the question in the in in the stupidest way possible because you, <laughs> you you do such a good job of like explaining and and filtering out all the bullshit that I don't need to do that with my question. So like, um, 
is is seeing the future possible? Like I said, question asked in intentionally simplified and stupid way. Feel free to do with it what you will. But is seeing the future, you know, bullshit? Is that what are the extents of that? Like what what can be done with that in your opinion or in your experience? Um, about like everything else, this is going to be a multi-part answer. <laughs> so I, first of all, I do believe that we get glimpses. Um, and I don't know how to say why that is. As somebody that has a degree in psych, um, I can tell you that our brains do this crazy thing that we, we don't even understand most of how our brains work, by the way. Yeah. Um, they do this thing called micro splicing. I don't know if that's the only word for it, but that's how I learned it which is where your brain actually takes in data from the world around it, even at a level that you are not conscious of. Because mm. if you had to be consciously checking off on everything all the time, it would be like one of those people on hoarders that insists on going through every single item in a room. It would take you forever just to do the simplest task. So your brain does a lot of this just in the background. And what micro splicing is, is basically your brain's ability to take the, that data that it's taking in all the time, condense it, and make a snap judgment based on it. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes that snap judgment has nothing to do with common sense because you didn't have to sit there and think about it. Um, so that's one way that we can say that you do see the future. You will have some kind of gut twinge that says, I think I know how the situation is gonna go. And it's probably because your brain is, is doing something in the background that we can't fully get into, but we know that it's happening. Um, another thing that I've noticed is that as a, as a psychic, like, yeah, sometimes I do see the future. Oftentimes, it's kind of like what you're describing with your deja vu. It's like the least useful data. <laughs> it's like, gee, thanks. Like, you know, I won't hear that some, or you'll hear it super vague. Like, it's like a fantasy video game, and some mysterious entity is telling you riddles. And you're like, okay, that doesn't make sense. And then whenever this thing actually happens, you're like, oh, my God, it makes perfect sense. Mm. Um, like, for example, and this story is, a little uncomfortable, but it's it's just one of those that drives home the point so well. Okay. Um, I've been kind of open about having had a miscarriage before. Okay. The thing is, I actually started passing that miscarriage like uh, after the holidays. And um, the thing is, about a year before it occurred, I had a dream where this figure came up to me and showed me the Annunciation, like from the Bible. And I was like, "Fuck, does this mean?" And it was around Christmas. So I was like. Um, and they said, within a little over a year's time, you will experience this love and it will not stay. Oh. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. I bet it's a metaphor. Maybe one of the projects that I'm working on isn't going to pan out or something. And then it was like, so not a metaphor. Yeah. Which, as a psychic, I'm like, I was supposed to know that and I was supposed to interpret it correctly. And I so did not. So um, that's kind of how some of the future stuff comes through. However, I will say, in the sense that most people ask to see the future or ask me to see the future for them, um, a lot of people come up with questions like, will this job work out? Um, will my relationship get better? Things like that. And it's like, why are you asking me that? Why aren't you asking yourself? Why aren't you determining the outcome of this? You're acting like life just passively happens to you. Nothing just happens to you. It happens with you. So how are you going to engage? Like, why are you asking me what the outcome of something that you are actively participating in is going to be, you know? Damn, um, that's cool to hear you say that because like, that's kind of like how I approach my life. I like to think that I'm kind of, you know, driving the car, steering the ship, you know, have, being a 
active, playing an active role. That's why I've always kind of rejected the whole destiny concept. Um, I've always kind of cited more of like the free will side of that debate over like the destiny side of the debate. I like, I, I personally believe that we're kind of forging it as we go for sure. Um, Man, and that's something going back to it kind of just in, it involves everything we've covered so far. It's like, <laughs> I feel like, and it sucks because I try not to be either one of these people, but I feel like a lot of people fall into one of these two categories where they either don't believe anything like, or they believe every damn thing. It's like, <laughs> oh, you, you know, you, you believe you believe in JFK, like dope. Oh, you also believe in flat Earth, and you also believe in, <laughs> and you know, like Hillary Clinton drinks baby blood, and like it's like yeah. it's like you either believe everything that's mm -hmm. and you're just like gullible, or like you. And, and I hate when that type of gullibility is passed off as, oh, I'm not gullible, I'm open-minded. It's like, okay, well, yes. if there's no filter, like if it's anything that anybody that says anything to you at all sticks, then I mean, <laughs> that you're not credible. And then, yeah, it's like, who are you turning down if this is what you're accepting? Like, yeah, where's your yeah. reject file here? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Just because not everything that's going to be a – not every idea is a good idea. Not every mm. – you know what I mean? And then um, – and then there's also the people, you know, that are either, you know, they're just entrenched, like, oh, I have exactly opposite of how we started this thing. We both started this thing by saying a wise man knows what he doesn't know. And that's why when nothing makes my bullshit alarm, I won't even say bullshit meter. It's like a whole alarm system at this point. Yeah. My, my bullshit. It's like a alarm, missile like, base system. Yeah. Like if you, if you tell yeah. me that, like, you're not skeptic of anything. Oh, no, I, I don't, I don't need to know that because I know this so much. It's like, I, all right, I, I literally stopped listening to anything you say from that point on out. Like, like it, it, you, you have all the answers. Like, no, you don't. Like, the you very clearly don't. So the fact that you're telling me that you do, it just kind of invalidates everything else that comes out of your mouth. So, like, so I, I like to live in that that middle space of like. There's a few. There's a very short list of things I know to be absolute. There's a lot of things that I'm like open to, uh, but I'm not like married to or like staking my name to. And, mm -hmm. and then, and then, yeah. Then, then there's a few out there things that like I'm fully down to like state my reputation on. Like I, I'm, I'm all aboard <laughs> Team Aliens and UFOs and shit. I'm, I'm, com <laughs> yeah. I'm committed. I'm committed on that one. Uh, well, that one's backed up by numbers. Like you can, there's there's not enough statistical uh, evidence, I guess, for the case against aliens. It's just a matter of what they are, how big they are, how smart they are, yada yada. There, it, people who go, I don't believe in UFOs, get me because I'm a pedantic bitch, and so I, I'm like, you know, UFO means unidentified flying object, right? Like a, a Walmart bag in the sky can be a UFO, right? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. I want to read this definition. <laughs> Yeah, you can you can believe you can believe you can believe that we haven't identified, but you can't say that nothing is there. Like it, it, the unidentified doesn't exist. Like of course there's exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a very yeah, for sure. That's a funny way to look at it. I want to ask just how you how are you doing on time? Are you in a rush to get? Oh, I'm good. You're good. Okay, no, I'm awesome. Good. No, I'm good. Perfect. Yeah, me too. All right, for sure. I just I just I wanted to be considerate of your time. I'm very thankful that you're sharing it with us here on episode 40 of Dreadful Talk. And we'll, yeah, man, we'll keep this um, we'll keep this ship this ship rolling here. Um, something else that you we were talking a little bit, you know, pre-show, just kind of making sure we were on the same page here. And and mm -hmm. and, and something that you mentioned is just kind of in passing, but it kind of stood out to me. 
um, is, is when you said vibes. Like vibes can kind of be like lumped in this category with the quote unquote like supernatural. But I, and maybe it's more of a newer thing. Maybe it's more of our generation. Or I, I don't think it maybe was this way forty or fifty years ago. But but vibes seem to be essentially like universally accepted. Now, do I think it's probably the most overused and misused word probably on planet early? I'm not even that zero hyperbole. Like if there was like somebody keeping track of like words that were overused and misused. <laughs> like walking like, around with a clicker. Like ha hashtag vibes, like that would be, you know, it would be, or I, I'm just vibing. That's the most like annoying thing ever. It's like, like dog, you're playing Madden and smoking bloods. Like you're not vibing at all. Like, like yeah, like what you know, are you vibing with I, here? I, I'm scrolling through Facebook. I'm vibing. Like no, the fuck you're not. Like but, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Just because the sun happens to be setting doesn't mean that you're necessarily vibing. But anyway, sound like a hater right now. I'm sound like that. Get off my grass. But but but. but <laughs> But generally speaking, I feel like, especially with people, say, under the age of 35, I feel like vibes are just pretty – it's not like a controversial topic. Like I said, it may be a misunderstood topic, but it's not like as controversial as, say, ghosts or religion or, or the afterlife. Like, it seems to be pretty universally accepted. Um what what's kind of your I guess quote unquote true definition of vibes, and then just mm -hmm. kind of like you know how it relates to you and how how you see that like their role, just that type of deal. Yeah, so I multi layered as everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. For one thing, I am super grateful that vibes have has become like such a a commonplace thing because I think that it accurately or at least adequately describes so, so much. Um, there's a lot in human communication that is not verbal and that's not even body language. It's just in something about us that we don't quite know how to quantify. Um, and whether we pick that up rightly or wrongly kind of depends on how close we are with people and how much we know about them and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I've mentioned it before and I'll mention it again, like as an, <laughs> As a very long time undiagnosed statistic girl, like I've had to struggle to be able to read people the way that I do um, mm -hmm. in conversation and stuff, because a lot of the signals that people put out, I just don't even receive or I communicate differently. So there's a lot in human communication that we don't vocalize, that we don't actually have a name for. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in addition to that, so vibes comes from vibrations yeah. Um, and in the hippie movement, they take this really, really literally, and it's not quite, it, I mean, it's kind of literal, but it's not quite as literal as they take it, or in the direction that they take it, I suppose, um, where they say that everything in matter is vibrating at a certain frequency. I've heard and that. And to an extent, that is correct, because what's happening at a molecular level is dictated by vibration in some way. However, when people are talking about like, well, you just gotta, you just gotta make your vibes more positive. You gotta have higher vibrations. It's like, okay, if you're literally vibrating, you're gonna like, here's what happens with matter. We have several phases of matter. You've got like solid, liquid, gas, and plasma. So like, what are you gonna do? Explode and become like glowing substance? <laughs> like, like you're not literally vibing the way that you describe it in a lot of these hippie circles. Um, but I do, I do really love that vibes is so popular because that also allows me to masquerade among people and not be seen as like the weird psychic. <laughs> but yes, fair enough. It, 
I think it's it's making it very accessible to people, albeit with the people that you're describing, like, I'm vibing with the sunset. Like, like, you're vibing with your phone while you're taking yeah. a picture of the sunset. Come on. <laughs> like, exactly. tell me what it is. Dude. Yeah. Um, but on the whole, I do really like the concept of vibes. Yeah, for sure. And, and like, as... As, as much as the best way I can kind of describe it, at least describe my experience with it, is like there's been people I've met that like that day, albeit at the skate park or at a concert or wherever the fuck it may be, that like I would hand that guy or girl, whatever, $1,000 of my money right now and say I'll be back in five minutes. Like I just trust this guy's energy. He says good people. I don't need to know his life story. I don't need to even know his last name and i just i like this motherfucker right here and i i i i don't really i, I don't know why but i do know why and I, i'm getting good vibes off this guy and then you know there's been people the exact opposite right where it's like i don't think most people have experienced this where somebody's smiling all in your face maybe saying the right thing maybe part of a, a friend group that you're in or whatever the case may be and you're just like this motherfucker's a snake. Like I see right through this. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not buying what they're selling. Like I just, I see through this. I, I get bad vibes from this person. Um, yeah, you can detect so, their intention because of the subtle things that they're emoting that they don't even realize they're emoting. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And and I think that's something that most people can relate to. And I think that I'm gonna say something else here because I struggle with it. And I think that in this super hypersensitive racial times and things that like it can be something that gets sometimes confused with racism or yes. conflated with racism. And, and yes. I've struggled with it myself. Right. Like, And, I, and I'm going to give them just an example, real life example. I'll put myself out there. I um, th there was this guy, young black kid, you know, you could tell he probably didn't have a ton of money. And, 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 you know, just what may be deemed as an unsavory character, whatever the case <laughs> may be. But I, I was literally having like, and I was getting somewhat like sketch vibes from him. And, 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 and I was, but in my head, I was like, oh, don't, don't be another one of these people out here judging a young black kid. Like, 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 like talk myself out of it. Long story short, guy ended up being super sketch. Situation was a nightmare. I should have like trusted my like vibes and but I feel like people struggle with that and like, I'm a mixed guy and I struggle with that so like if I was like a rich white dude and I'm getting like sketch vibes from this like poor black kid I feel like people are gonna struggle to like just process how to handle that like damn am I being racist right now like like is I, I know that's like an extreme scenario, but I just, it can get confusing even for somebody like me. So like, I don't no, know. It's true because we internalize the biases that are taught to us at a societal level. So even if you're a member of a minority group, I mean, I don't, I don't know how obvious this was probably really obvious when I was a kid, but like I, because I grew up in my white family and because I was kind of distanced from my culture in that way, um, I grew up with some seriously bad thoughts about my indigenousness, <laughs> like, um, and it's not even, it's, it, it wasn't even conscious. I think a lot of these biases, like, we forget that we can internalize them, and that we often do. And so on top of that, we kind of create a system in which certain demographics of people, probably most often like white women in the suburbs, although it can happen with anybody, 
um, don't learn their own intuition. And so they mistake the voice of their own anxiety or their own bias for intuition. And it can be an earnest mistake or it can be one that they know isn't quite right, but they keep making it because it's convenient. And I don't really care which it is after a certain point, <laughs> to be completely yeah. honest. Right. But a lot of that has to do with just building self-awareness over time and understanding that there is no instant enlightenment or there's no moment that enlightenment happens that enlightenment or any variant of it, you know, becoming woke or whatever is a continual process. You are continually oh, yeah. becoming who you will be. And so even if you like find yourself struggling with like internalized racism or something in one moment, you know, another moment you'll, if you cultivate that self-awareness and you self audit plenty, you'll eventually be able to at least to a degree differentiate between those things. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. It's just like I said, I want to share my experience. Like just that yeah. trusting your, like, where is the line but drawn between, like, trusting your gut and judging somebody? Like, the, that can be a fickle, that can be a confusing line. It, it's been something I've struggled with. Like, when, like, when am I just trusting my gut and trusting my vibes? Or, or when am I being a judgmental prick? You know what I mean? That's judging a book by its cover. Like, that... That can be uh, difficult. Like I said, I, I, I'm not even going to speak for anybody else. That, that's difficult yeah. for me. Like, I, that's something I struggle with. Like, and, and because it's, the last thing I want to do is, is be a, a judgmental prick. Like, I grew up poor. You know, I'm a mixed kid with long dreads. Like, I, I could check a lot of boxes that people may judge me. I have tattoos. Like, and, and so, like, the last thing I want to do is be part of the problem. But then sometimes mm -hmm. I've, like, woke myself into getting fucked over you know what i'm saying by like not trusting my gut so like, i i if yeah. i've struggled with it i know other people probably have too but healthy uh, boundaries help too because like you know you you i think we forget that nobody is inherently owed anything from us and so the issue with being judgy with people i think starts where you um invite them to infringe on your boundaries in some way if you're not sure about them and you invite them to do that anyway because like Ooh. in reality, if you didn't, you know, let's running with your example with that one kid. Um, if you got a bad feeling from him, you know, your your only options weren't be a dick or do whatever he wanted. <laughs> you know, you had the other option of politely excusing yourself or something like that, because it's just, you know, your gut just says something's off and the gut can say something's off for more than one reason, too. It could be because they're a sketchy person. It could be because they need to not be occupied with you so that they're open for some other opportunity that comes along. Mm. You never know why your gut's telling you what it's telling you. All you know Ooh. is that it's telling you. I had never even thought about that second little thing you said there. I like that a lot. I like the way <laughs> I like the way you use your words for real. You paint you paint a Please. good picture for real. You, <laughs> you make, yeah, no, you helped me understand a lot of this stuff that like I'd experienced, but like then it. You know, it struggled as somebody who likes to essentially put things into words for a living. I was struggling to put it into words. So, yeah, no, thank <laughs> you so much for that. Um, and, and that's I, I this is something else you brought up. Really. I think it'll be a fun little conversation. So, so often this whole lane, like this whole conversation, mm -hmm. pretty much all the topics we've covered, it gets under the umbrella of whether it be supernatural or spiritual or there's all these words that we use that are, are are trying to make it seem like those words are like kind of making it seem like unscientific or discredited like in a subtle way like kind of like like what what's that word that you keep using woo is it woo is that what woo -woo. Like, <laughs> woo -woo, like, woo -woo. like like i never even had to have that word described to me because i knew what the fuck exactly what you meant by that 
and so like uh and i guess what i'm getting at is but something that you talked about we were texting earlier is that like what if it's not that at all what if it's like an actual part of the brain or something that is very realistic happening that like i said it just hasn't been studied enough or not everybody has it or not everybody uses it or um, maybe it's like a muscle that can be exercised like a lot of other things um can be uh, but so yeah, I just kind of wanted you to talk about just the, for for the skeptics out there or the people that think this is witchcraft or bullshit or whatever the case <laughs> may be. Like there are theories that exist out there that are very scientific that do explain this stuff that it's like a untapped part of the brain and there is so much we don't know about the brain and so much of the brain that they say is quote unquote not being used but maybe it's being used for something that we don't understand. So yeah. Yeah, a lot of the processes in the brain, we just like we can see the things running, but we don't quite know exactly what it's doing. Or we have some theories or we know what areas of life it responds the most to, but we just don't understand the mechanism. Um, and that kind of gets us back to like a point of humility, right? Like, the fact is, I mean, I don't go in and just buy everything that everybody's selling. But at mm. the same time, um, you know, I think of particularly in indigenous cultures like in in my culture in particular um our our people used to tell the settlers that like the squirrel the brother squirrel taught us how to get maple syrup and by getting into the tree and getting the sap and then we would go and do something to it right and the settlers damn thought we literally meant that a squirrel grew a human voice and started talking to us and it's like no no we didn't say that yeah, so, but you learned um, from the squirrel. You learned from the squirrel. Yeah. We're talking about that. So I think that part of it's that things get lost in translation when people just don't want to um, don't want to understand how big their ego is being right about that point. But then another factor to consider is that there's a lot of things that we don't fully understand, and we can be okay with the fact that we don't fully understand them, and we can be actively pursuing ways to understand them. We don't have to commit to pretending that we know everything that there is to know, no matter what. Um, for example, like, I fucking hate most ghost hunting equipment because it sucks. And whenever people are trying to sell you on it, they're like, well, this verifies, blah, 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 blah. But then as somebody that did, like, a, a degree in research, I'm looking at it being like, there is no way. That does not work <laughs> like that. What are you talking about? And they get all mad at it. And it seems like, you know, we... We get so caught up in wanting to be right yeah. that we don't actually have any investment in what's there. It comes back to our intention, which I think colors fucking everything, honestly. It's like, it's like, would you rather have your bias confirmed or would you rather know the truth? Like, there are a lot of people, and this goes to political level, all types of things, but there are a lot of people out there today that would, like, literally rather have somebody tell them a lie that they agree with than the truth that they don't. Like I said, whether you want to apply that to politics or aliens, that shit is true about like human nature. We like mm -hmm. a certain segment of the population likes being lied to as long as it's a lie that they like and that they sign up for. Um, yeah. and, and I think that's a major problem and applies to almost everything that we've talked about tonight. Um, but when it gives them the illusion of control over their worlds, they, a lot of these people who are, uh, hang very fast on these, uh, these hard and fast concepts like that, where they think I have to be right, they are scared shitless. They are scared absolutely shitless of a world in which they're not as certain. 
And that's the whole fact of existing is that we are not certain of jack shit. We are yeah. not certain of anything. And so we, I, I think that whenever we reframe that and understand these like very dogmatic beliefs, be they atheist or non, that they are um, just the, the existence of that dogmatic feeling alone indicates insecurity. Yeah. It doesn't oh, indicate man. wisdom. It indicates insecurity. I, I could not agree more. And like I said, that's what was turning me off from that kind of conventional religion so much. Um, that Everything you just described. Um, I'm going to kind of take a second here because I talked a little bit briefly. You said you, you, know, you, you don't have too much um, experience with psychedelics. And um, I, I, have, I have some, you know, not as much. It's been a while. But um, when I was younger, I used to really like them. And I... Um, I remember, and this is going to be as, like as bro science as bro science gets. We're it. talking <laughs> drugs, and we're talking just like what we yes. thought we learned from taking drugs here. With I never problems. get to enjoy bro science with anybody. All my girls oh, yeah. always make fun of me because they're like, Are you, you're secretly a bro in there. And I'm like, no, I'm a cisgender woman, and I have been my whole life. <laughs> like, yeah, so I just like, am a bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm probably, I'm a self-admitted bro. I, 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 <laughs> I couldn't escape it if I wanted to. But it, but anyway, what... Um, I remember I, my, my, some of my very first psychedelic experiences, whether it be acid, but mostly shrooms. Um, I I remember because like I remember like the first time I took enough shrooms to where like I'm seeing like geometrical patterns. Like I remember that I was like my my curtains turned into like I'll never I'll always describe it the same way. My like curtains turned into like a waterfall of like yellow triangles. Like it was like never ending like cyclical like yellow triangles are like falling down my like drapes and curtains and mm -hmm. um and i just remember thinking to myself like what if i i didn't make that up because like i couldn't make that up if i wanted to make that up yeah. like I, it, it, I i i didn't want to see yellow triangles like that had to mm -hmm. be something there like i, I don't know like i don't like that like, and, and, and obviously yeah oh you were on drugs dom but like the thing <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's like I still I like my takeaway from psychedelics, and it's the reason why I don't do them as much anymore. I feel like the list of things I can learn from them is shrinking. I feel like I've kind of learned some of the basic lessons you take away from doing some stuff like that. But I, um, I when I was young, like one of my biggest takeaways is that like man, maybe like when people are tripping and they're seeing that little. The, that little whatever coming off of whatever they're looking at or, or the little waves in the air or the, the, the little shapes or whatever the case may be when you're tripping. Like, like what if that's not nothing? Like, kind of, like, I say all that to tie it into, like, what we were saying about the parts of the brain that aren't being used and, and the things that exist that we can't necessarily don't have the sensory equipment to take in. And, and, and I what if that's, kind of what that's tapping into and like I, said, I don't know that's a real loose connection but I don't know I, I yeah no I I love delving into this stuff too because I think first of all the issue of psychedelics for spiritual growth is so deeply nuanced mm -hmm. and there's so many different directions that we can come at it from um one of them is I think you know we have to consider obviously the chemical influence of them like like you said you weren't sitting there like gee i hope i take this and see some triangles like if it was what you wanted to see you would have been i don't know hallucinating that you were like on a beach with mai tai or something right something, like, something cooler than about... some yellow damn triangles yeah. Yeah. yeah um but i think that perhaps um and there is some evidence to indicate this that whenever you're using psychedelics 
um, it can help with your understanding of symbolic meaning behind stuff if you're not very strong in that area to begin with or if you have suppressed some kind of understanding of symbolism. Um, and also, I think that it's very important that we acknowledge the, um, I guess, origin of using some of these things for spiritual purposes. So like mm -hmm. shrooms, peyote, all of these other ayahuasca, um, a lot of these substances that have those psychedelic qualities, even cinnamon, if you do it up the right way, to be honest. Oh, wow. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, these have been used since I, the dawn of time yeah. by people craving to have spiritual experiences. I mean, deadass in Egypt, they made opium cakes. They seriously made cakes out of, like, sugar and honey and the opium from the poppies and made it into, like, a paste and ate it at parties. Wow. And they would have these rattles that the women would start shaking to signify that the goddess was in the room with them. And so I think that um, there are a lot of issues with the trade of these substances that are impactful in good and bad ways to the communities that they were originally used by and still some are uh, used by. But I also think that it's really intriguing to look at them for that kind of use, as long as we stay away from this kind of fetishizing. Like I had this, this ex-boyfriend for the longest time who was like, shrooms are the way to wake up. And I was like, can you not? Like, I'm a red girl. And if I start using these things, people are going to be like, oh, yes, another druggy Indian. And I'm going to be like, <laughs> rude. Um, but yeah, I think it's that's interesting. And I would almost if I was talking to you while you had been seeing that thing, I would have been asking you, what does the color yellow mean to you? What do triangles yeah. mean to you? Or even, you know, let's say that we're in a universe where you're an engineer, you know, the triangle has tremendous symbolism in engineering as a very stable shape. Um, it's a shape that you can literally use to build very, very sturdy and simultaneously flexible objects. So we mm -hmm. could delve into what this actually means and maybe what parts of you you're accessing um, whenever you're on that otherwise and of course you know some people have tremendously horrible reactions to them so it's probably not for everybody yeah. but I think there's a lot there that we just out of respectability politics in the west are afraid to actually look at in earnest and so we end up having extremes like we do with the ghost stuff it's like people either just buy it totally is the only solution or they don't buy it at all but yeah. I don't know where, where can I dive in a little bit more for you because I feel like I'm kind of no, 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 it's all good. That's that's what we do here on Jeff Talk. It's all good. Yeah, he's asking yeah. to introduce, like, because it a lot of, like you said, there's a long, long history of psychedelics and spirituality, and it is kind of a little bit difficult to have the conversation on these subjects that we're talking about without at least mentioning it. And always, I don't want to throw in one of one of my personal experiences. And I don't know, we've we've kind of been taking shots at like suburban white hippie culture, and I'm I'm here yes. for it. I think I think I'm gonna add one more. So like, mm -hmm. what drug is a so? Because the a lot of like the problems with the quote unquote hippie culture is like the irony of it, right? Like I don't know if you've yes. ever seen the South Park episode where they pointed yes. out so very beautifully, massively as they always do. Uh, but uh, but the hypocrisy of it, yeah, the the cultural appropriation of it, the like kind of useless nature of it. And it's like all idealistic. It's all practice. No no um it's all theory no practice but but um what i'm getting at here is, is the one of the main drugs associated with that kind of movement is lsd and acid yes. And, yes. and and as somebody who's done it a few times i'm not a real big acid guy but i've probably <laughs> done it in my lifetime at least five times but like mm -hmm. they 
like every time I'm on acid, I'm like super aware. Like I, I don't feel enlightened at all. Like I literally just like, damn, I'm on drugs as fuck right now. Like it makes yes. me feel, it's a very like, it's a very superficial, like it doesn't feel natural at all. Like when you're on shrooms, like you're, you're tripping, but it feels like natural in a way. Like acid doesn't feel natural at all. And it's like, so to well, it's face, engineered to death. It's kind of like taking, you know, uh, just pure chalky vitamin pills versus like food-based vitamin supplements or something like you don't digest it quite the same. You don't metabolize it the same. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And then I, I I'm not, I really, I'm not going to do acid anymore because I learned that like, one of the main reasons acid was like developed was like from mind control experiments by the CIA. And I know that sounds like as tinfoil hat as tinfoil hat gets. It's real. The it's CIA true. was like one of the main users and testers of it. And, and I, there's a long history of it where I'm at in the Bay Area in San Francisco. Everybody always says, oh, the hate Ashbury district. That's where the hippies know. Like that's where the CIA gave people and yeah. did mind control experiments. Like it wasn't just all fun and games like people make it seem like that's real that's real especially cold war era there was some sketchy shit in the cold war era because all bets were off with these white men up in the government like not to say that all bets were ever on with them per se or are right now but particularly during the cold war i mean the whole movie men who stare at goats is about it i mean i never did see that one i need to check that out i've heard good things i've heard good things (laughs) All right, well, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a reel us in a little bit. I'm going to get us back on the tracks real quick. Sure. And uh, I, got, I got a much more calm, much more easy question for you. Like, something docile. Uh, yeah, <laughs> docile is the exact word. But, um, what, what does meditation mean to you? Mm-hmm. Meditation means to me um, being fully and completely with yourself. A lot of times when we're spending time with ourselves, we're actually spending time with everything else. Even if our phone is off, we're spending time distracting ourselves with thinking about what tomorrow is going to be, what yesterday was, what this, that, and the other. Meditation is completely being with yourself. And sometimes it does mean moving through distracting thoughts. Um, but I, And I think there are a, a billion and one ways to meditate. Mm. Um, obviously, we all have... Pardon me, my ear things are trying to come out. Um, we all have you know, that image in our head of like the person floating with their crisscross applesauce legs and stuff. Um, but I truly believe that other things can be meditative. Um, you know, in the West, we've seen, uh, particularly from the medieval era, from the Dark Ages, we saw those enlightened manuscripts. And those are the big tomes, the giant books that have like all the gold leaf and shit on them where monks were transcribing Bible verses. Well, they would zone out for 23 hours at a time doing that stuff that was a form of meditation to them Um, because yeah after a certain point they weren't paying attention to the words anymore I mean they were monks they knew them by heart it wasn't even something that they were thinking about they were just doing it I've also known people who meditate while they're running or meditate a lot of people know I've started running uh not because I'm good at it because I'm shitty at it (laughs) Um, but even that is like an act of of meditation because it's I'm being completely fully with myself tuning in People think that meditation means like silencing your mind. And yeah, after a time with enough discipline and practice, maybe your mind does finally reach a quietude sort of place. But more often than not, it's being willing to be with it when it's not quiet Ooh. and see what happens. See, I, I like so much. There's a lot of unpacked. I'm going to kind of talk about what you just said. <laughs> Cause like I, um, 
I, I, I first had the concept of meditation um, introduced to me as the like pushing all the thoughts out of your mind, kind of that classic like karate kid. I don't even know if they do, but yeah. we all we all know what, what I'm talking about. <laughs> like them classic, just like push all the thoughts. Like you you can't yeah. think about anything. You're not. A, I thought if you were thinking about something, that could not equal meditating. So you failed. So it's over with. The meditation <laughs> session is done. The minute a thought enters your brain, which is like immediately, and. Of um, and so for years and years and years, I just was like, oh, yeah, that's not for me. I, I, I heard it's good for you, but it's not for me. I can't do it. I suck at it. And um, I and then I, I really I, I it's going to sound kind of cheesy, but but I but I'm, I, I swear the closest thing that I've gotten to it is um, since the pandemic started, I started skateboarding. And um, while I'm skateboarding, it's not so. I haven't reached no thoughts in my head, but I have reached one thought in my head. And while you're skateboarding, the only thought going through your mind is like, don't fuck up. Like, don't eat shit. Like, you do X, Y, Z on your skateboard. Like, you're, it's so singularly focused that it does push everything else literally out of your mind. So I, I'm really glad you described it the way you did because I thought I was going to have like a little cheater definition. But by your definition, that is meditation. Absolutely. And, you know, in psychology, the uh, kind of loose positive psychology term for that is flow or being in the flow state. It's Ooh. where you're so consumed in what you're doing that you are fully present with yourself, mind, body, spirit, all of it. And that if you do experience a thought, you're able to just sit with it. It's not something that, you know, pulls you into a spiral. You're actually witnessing it. You're becoming an observer to yourself in that moment. Mm, that's cool. That's cool to hear you say flow because so... Um, you may or may not know. I have I have my other podcast, BB Boys Breakdown, which covers the UFC. You yeah. hear if you were to watch, I don't, I don't know if you've ever watched UFC, but if you were to watch UFC, you hear the word flow thrown around a lot when referring to fighters. That's I know I know the term flow through the context of fighting. When a guy is just firing on all cylinders, when it's like he's not even thinking, he's he's reacting, he's just. It, it, it kind of self-explanatory, the word flow, but um, that's, that's cool to hear you because you use the same word to describe the most docile act possible, which is meditation, as, <laughs> as, can, as, the, as other people are used to describing the most violent act you could possibly do. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's well, it's funny, of, too, because, like, to be totally honest, I would classify Viking berserkers as having been experts in the flow state as well. If you're not familiar with that, the Vikings, they used to have this, this subset of guys among their armies that, sorry, I'm setting down something. Um, they would show up to battle um, at a different time than the rest of the guys. They would usually drink more at the meat hall, too, but they were the guys who were, like, the experts. They were the top-notch, and they were the closest to the gods as well. They, they, speaking of psychedelics, yeah. uh, yeah. they, they would be on mushrooms, too. The, the, the berserkers would be on mushrooms. So come in full circle. They would be on all kinds of stuff. And, you know, at Viking meat halls, they actually even had drinking traditions that were devoted to intoxicating yourself specifically for the purpose of being closer to the gods. And that's not to say that alcoholism is a great religious practice, but specifically, like, they would drink with that intention because they knew that it would alter their state of mind. And they would also take other substances for that as well. They wouldn't ever do it just for shits and giggles like we do here. Um, yeah. It was a very different culture around it, kind of like the drinking culture in Europe is different from the drinking culture here, for example. It, it's similar disconnect. But the berserkers would show up on the field of battle, 
um, before anything even gotten started, right? And they would just be covered in, like, pig blood and shit, and their hair would be perfectly, like, they would braid it back and set it and lock it in place with mud so that it would not move Mm -hmm. the whole time. And they would just show up howling like dogs and screeching. And they would be in this flow state where they would get in and they would not make a single fucking mistake. They were reacting to everything in perfect time. They were doing that thing where you start to react to somebody's hit just right before they even start to make it. And we still have legends about them today. So I don't necessarily think that things like that are in opposition to meditation at all. I think for some people that actually is tremendously meditative. Yeah, yeah. no, And I I think when you describe meditation that way, it's so much more approachable and so much more fun and so much something that we – I don't want to say everybody has it, but but most successful or happy people have something that is in that vein, whether they know it or not. Um, whether yeah, whether it be working out or whatever the case may be. Like, and if not, you need to find that. Like, if you're watching, listening, whatever the case may be. Like, if you don't have anything in your life that makes you feel that way, that you can't zone out and focus on this for a little bit. Like, I highly recommend you know you try something and find out that thing because it, it is super beneficial and it counts as meditating according to miss lauren kelly over yeah, here my so, vote on it <laughs> yeah exactly exactly all right well i got a couple more questions for you um mm-hmm. and, and i said i'm having a great time with you. i really appreciate you coming on drip we'll talk Thank um you. yeah um so what are your thoughts on like zodiac signs? I know that's kind of a vague question. <laughs> um, it's something that gets talked about a lot. You know, you see the classic joke on like social media where it's like runs over curb, like oh sorry, I'm an Aquarius. <laughs> like you know, what I mean? you see yes. you see stuff like that, and it's easy mm-hmm. to kind of poke fun at. And I I'll be real, I've been known toxic shit on it. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know. Uh, be fake to you, but but I I, I I genuinely do want to hear your take on it, and if there is any like anything that's worth taking from it, or if it is just some kind of fun little thing. Like I don't know, what are your thoughts on it? I think that there's a lot that's worth taking from it. I also think that a lot that's on the internet about it, where it's very pop culture, is existing not really for the purpose of enlightenment, for, but just for the purpose of shits and giggles. Like a lot of people say. Um, and I'm totally, I'm going to throw your boy Joe Rogan under the bus here. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. No, do it, <laughs> do it. Astrology is Joe Rogan except for white girls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, I think that it's important to remember, too, the time in which it was um, really authored and studied and then brought back. You know, originally, it, the Western astrology model with the 12 zodiac signs that we use today is from Greece. Um, And it was kept and preserved and reiterated through other systems um, and studied again in the Renaissance and in the Dark Ages prior to that, obviously. Um, And so I think there's a lot of symbolic meaning there. I also think it's very uh, not understood um, because, you know, the, the Greeks didn't have they had a magical worldview, we could say. But I think we really do them a disservice when we suggest that that means that they lacked intelligence or that they lacked understanding of the world around them. A lot of things that they talk about with from everything from the the gods and their mythos to um, the zodiac has to do with just observing trends and giving a name, giving the respect of a personified name to natural concepts. Um, And so I think that's where a lot of the zodiac can give us wisdom. Um, they actually recorded like 
you know, the times that different planets were at specific spots in the sky, specifically from our vantage point on Earth. Or when we look at planetary retrogrades, you know, everybody jokes around Mercury's and Gatorade or something like yeah, that's yeah. what they're talking about. It's because the planet doesn't actually move backwards, but it's the part in its orbit where from our vantage point on Earth, it looks like it's moving backwards. The Greeks would look at what was happening during these times, whenever the sun was in a particular sign, the moon was in a particular sign, whatever, and they would make observations. And those observations over time became our zodiac. So to me, it's about as common sense as the farmer's almanac or something. It's not going to be right every single time. And it's not like a rule that's built into your body. Like, oh, yes, I see your Aries chromosome here. (laughs) It's it's just a a trend an observation and something to kind of have fun with and, and think about. That farmer's almanac is the real witchcraft. It is they're the, they're the <laughs> ones that need to be investigated. They 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 the ones that they, they know the future for real. They, they do. The farmer's almanac. I'll, I'll, that's something else. I'll put my my. I'll attach my name to. They be knowing what the fuck is up. <laughs> they do. They really do. They really do. I swear. <laughs> they they got the crystal balls over there at headquarters, wherever that's. Mm-hmm. At. But. Uh, but yeah, no, yes, yeah, so yeah, the zodiac signs. Like I said, that, that is interesting to know more of the history of it and everything. What I want to say, uh, kind of one last parting thought on that little thing. Uh, one thing that you always hear, like I always heard this growing up from like all different walks of life, different races, different ages. I this is like the one universal thing. Something crazy happens, or you have a bad day. Or you get in a car wreck, or you get fired, and just whatever the something off the wall happens, and be like, "Oh damn it! I knew it was a full moon tonight." Or, or like, <laughs> like, like I swear, everybody beyond that full moon makes crazy shit happen. What are your What are your thoughts on that? Is that just some coincidence type shit, or some is- of it is coincidence, um, but some of it's not. So uh... we don't fully understand the ways in which it works, but. Um, in order for the moon to be full, we have to be positioned on Earth in such a way that the sun's gravitational pull on us is just a tad bit stronger than it usually is. We're just a little bit closer to the sun than we might otherwise be. Were we on the other side of the moon? Because that's how the moon gets lit up, right? Like we're standing between it and the sun and it's reflecting the entire you know, sunlight back at us. It's not partially covered by the Earth um, because it's our shadow that creates that dark bit on it. Yeah, um, yeah. So that gravitational pull... We don't really understand how much and whether it has any effect on, like, behaviors and stuff. But, you know, there are animals that are more sensitive to it than us. Um, A lot of the world around us is more sensitive to it than us. And so even if indirectly, we could be reacting to stuff like that. However, when people pull the whole, like, well, it's just the moon, the power of the moon itself. Like, no, that little rock is not doing jack shit. <laughs> well, um, uh, the, the most bro science way I've heard it described, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, makes sense to me, is it's like the moon is what controls the tides of the ocean. Yes. So there's proof that the moon, mm-hmm. like that's tangible evidence that yeah. the moon have an impact on water molecules on Earth. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of water molecules in the human body. And yep. so, like, there's even some scientific, bro, scientific uh, mm-hmm. evidence there, <laughs> anecdotal evidence. You know, it's, just, it's fun to think about. It really is. I, I, uh, I, I know I've had some wild days take place on on a full moon. I bet, I bet a lot of y'all out there have too. Um, and then, um, pretty much the last question I'm gonna leave you with is something mm-hmm. else I'm like curious about. Um, I, um, 
So I my intro, I have a, a couple of different intros of this. Like so, I, you know, and it's like kind of the topic of like curses and witchcraft and like that type of thing. So like, like the like the the, the Latino part of my family, you know, like the classic like brujeria and like yeah. uh, like you know <laughs> you don't want to be pissing off no Mexican grandmas. Everybody mm-hmm. always said that, you know, that's true. That. And, and, My mentor and, is a brujas. I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and then, and then, you know, essentially every culture kind of has, you know, some little version of that in a way, you know, and whether it be voodoo or this or that, you know, there's little, well, you know, you, you, what's with your thoughts <laughs> on, on some of this stuff? And this makes me nervous. Yeah. You can hear it in my voice. I, I don't want to dig too no, deep into this. I love this stuff. Yeah. And you're, I think that the biggest fear that you're going to have to have with me is that I'm going to like not shut up. So, <laughs> but no, <laughs> it, it's true. All cultures do have some iteration of witchcraft. And so when we talk about witchcraft in this context, we're obviously not talking about just Wicca, which, you know, it's practitioners are called witches. So that can be kind of confusing sometimes. Um, but Super Wicca, confusing. I have questions yeah. about that. We, we, but we'll get we'll to it. Okay. Yeah, I'll hold. I'll hold on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But in in anthropology, witchcraft, and I wrote this down, so I'm gonna look at my note real quick. Witchcraft, or sometimes called sorcery, um, is referring to the set of beliefs and behaviors in which the relationship between an act that you and I could do and an outcome, be it related to that directly or not are connected by some analogous, so an analogy, or by some mystical connection. That basically we have a greater impact on the world around us through symbolic means than we realize. So a lot of witchcraft is very active prayer and a consideration that we co-create our lives with the universe in some way. Um, Additionally, most of the oldest non-formal religions in the world that have been trampled over by various iterations of colonialism are heavily built on witchcraft um, under that anthropological definition. Mm-hmm. So everything from, you know, voodoo is, uh, I just fucking love it, um, because it is, yeah, a religion of, anthropologically speaking, witchcraft, but it's also contextualized. It's, it's the survival of a lot of different West African faiths reiterated to be, like, able to be masqueraded among Catholic-dominant places, um, that's a really powerful one, but also like a lot of animistic faiths and indigenous faiths from across the world are under that umbrella as well. A lot of people today are drawn to witchcraft in any number of forms, um, not necessarily for the cultural or the faith component, but for that component of I have some power over my life and I'm going to choose to use it. And I think that that power as well is important. We have to remember that we see a rise culturally across the board in history in instances of people doing what we would consider witchcraft if those people are under the thumb of somebody and they have no other means economically politically or whatever of really taking a stand then they turn to witchcraft first for their motivation and for something to change and then they can dive in on the practical means later we saw a lot of witchcraft um if you look back on the history of hoodoo a lot of people mix up hoodoo and voodoo and hoodoo is specifically like New World black people's magic. I was about to say black magic, and I realized that people get confused. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm, but, I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah, a lot of, um, like, hoodoo is directly tied to the Pacific Trade Triangle and slavery. Hoodoo developed because people who were enslaved were creating their own system 
of magical connection, mystical connection, in order to get, number one, their personal feeling of power back. Yeah. And number two, create something so that they would then have the room. You know, you would have a dream that told you that it was going to be the right time to get the fuck up off the plantation and run. Like, yeah. So witchcraft is, is very powerful in a number of ways, more than what we credit it with, really. Yeah. Okay. That's, 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 that's cool. I know that's like a lot. No, 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 it's cool. I I appreciate it. I'd rather have a lot than a little, you know what I mean? Uh, (laughs) And, uh, but, and then, and then you were, you were, you know, let's come back to like the whole Wiccan thing because I've met a few people Mm -hmm. in this, like in my life that like have say they were like witches and I think it's more of this Wiccan type stuff that you're talking about. And, and yeah, talk about that and just because I've always been because it's one of those things where when somebody tells me they're a witch, I almost feel like it's like they're telling me their religion, and I don't want to be like, yeah, all right, whatever the fuck, like you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't want to like, you know, I don't want. So like, I, I always like, you know, in the moment, like, oh, really? Like, you know, like, I, 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 I it's a socially acceptable answer. Yeah. I, I don't, I know, sometimes don't know what to say. And, and yeah. mainly because I don't really know what that means. Like, like, oh, like, are, are we talking like full blown Hermione? Like, make something float, there, motherfucker. <laughs> or, or, or like, or like, or like, what are we talking? You know, you like to, you mm-hmm. like to say some words and read some creepy books, and like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I just don't know what it means. Like, when somebody tells me those words, I'm a witch. I don't know what to do with it in my brain. So, like. To your credit, neither do I. Okay. Okay. <laughs> to your credit. But Wicca is a religion that is based on, it's primarily based on, like, I don't even want to say that it's actually based on Celtic faith because it's kind of not. It's based on what people thought Celtic faith was like in the early 1900s. Mm. Um, Wicca is a religion that came about in the 50s. So it's a really young religion. And witchcraft, the practice of witchcraft in specifically Celtic-informed ways, is an integral part of Wicca. Wicca is also what we call soft polytheist, meaning that it considers all goddesses to be iterations of one uh, higher goddess energy, and all gods to be um, iterations of one higher god energy. It uh, delves into this duality, which some Wiccans can get fuzzy and think that that means, like, gender dichotomy is a must, and it totally misses the point of, like, masculine-feminine energies altogether by instilling a binary, but whatever. Um, The Wicca can be really healthy in that it pays attention to natural cycles. It encourages people to pay attention to the four elements, water, air, earth, and fire, with spirit being the fifth. If you see the pentacle, which is the star that's inside of a circle, um, those four points that are on the bottom are considered the four elements, with spirit being the fifth at the top. The idea being that if you get your practical life in order, if you seek to get yourself in balance in all earthly things, that the flow from spirit will come uh, naturally at the top, that you build the foundation so that it can come in. Um, However, a lot of Wiccans, not all of them, but there's a pretty significant problem in the Wiccan community of racism and also of appropriating gods. So a lot of Wiccans run into the thing where because they're soft polytheists, so they consider all gods to be one, um, they'll just go out and like, I've seen white Wiccan girls adopt beliefs that they think that they're like the daughter of Yamaya, who is uh, the Orisha of the ocean. 
and literally enslaved mothers who had their babies on slave ships would throw their babies over the side of the ocean, giving them back to Yamaya in order to free them from the fate that was coming to them. So it's pretty fucking distasteful for some like white chick off the street to be like, yes, I belong to Yamaya. Like, no, no, you don't. No, you do not. Yeah, yeah, um, so it's, it's kind of layered and nuanced in that way that it can be really, really healthy and that there's a lot of good positive in it as a religion, but also it's such a young religion and one that's so rooted in white Western femininity that it does run into some problems a lot in their community. Yeah, I, I pretty much what you just described has been my experiences with it. It's, it's usually some some white girls, and it's usually you know trying to blend in some type yeah. of other culture, or just trying to run from something. Like they're trying to run from. They think that you know, oh, I was raised Baptist, but religion sucks, so I'm gonna go be Wiccan, and then I'm gonna take all the same viewpoints that I had when I was Christian and keep them here. Like, I'm gonna still be feeding my ego. And it's like, nah, girl, like, this cannot be your escape right now. Yeah, I I, I, I feel like we all know those girls, right? Like, like that's all, that is, a, like, a lane. Like, that's, like, a, a path to go down, and, like, you know, we, I, you know, we've all, we all make decisions. We all go down paths. I'm not trying to, you know, come at it from like a high horse position, but that, that does seem to be kind of right in step with a lot of the experiences that I've had with them type of people for sure. Um, but like I said, I, but at the same time though, a lot of what you said when you were breaking down, like a lot of the X's and O's of it made sense. Like, like, like what you were saying about like all the gods are one, like that's kind of how I feel. Like, I don't believe like, like I feel like if there if there's like if there's a god there's a god like it ain't picking and choosing different like races and languages and little traditions like if there's a god all people praying to God are praying. I, I like like little things like you said like that made made sense to me like it it's it, it's almost like the you know the what what they're believing in isn't. It's what they're believing in isn't bullshit. It's just that a lot of bullshit people seem to be believing in it. Is what it seems to me like the trend is. Maybe <laughs> some, maybe um, I might be wrong, but uh, man, that's that's that's, uh, that's very interesting. For sure. Are you all right? Yeah, no worries. No worries. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you, and, and um, not quite as good. No, you're Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Oh, thank God. Okay. Yeah, no, 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 you're fine. You're fine. You're good. You're good. Um, so yeah, Wicca, Wicca can be really, really helpful. It just, uh, it's the people that bring something to it. It's additional. Um, we need to consider that uh, in a lot of pockets, like even here in Oklahoma, when I was first getting my come up, like in the psychic community and in the pagan circles. Um, a lot of people who practice solitary paganism or some iteration of it, whether they practice like Norse heathenism or really anything else, um, they don't really have circles to go to. So they end up in the Wiccan circles, even if they're not completely Wiccan. So a lot of times the Wiccan like Sabbats and stuff include people who maybe don't consider themselves Wiccan. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense for sure. Especially in a place like Oklahoma, you kind of got to get as close as you can get, you know what I mean? Yes. Your type of people. But, uh, but yeah, no, for sure. Um, 
even like, um, I, I really think that's about all I had for you. I think that was a lot of fun. Thanks for going deep with me. Thanks for getting weird with me. Um, you know, yeah, you were a lot of fun. Um, let the people know about your website and where, where, where they can find you. And, and like I said, thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, so the link in my bio is my website. It's lkintuitive.com. That's Lima Kilo Intuitive, like your intuition.com. Um, I just released my book in December. Oh, cool. uh, it is called um, A Goddess Study, Transformation and Self-Actualization in the Mysteries of Persephone. We get into the Hades and Persephone mythology and really break it down for self-development and rope in like modern pop culture references to give context to things that often get missed in modern Western readings of the mythos. Um, and then I also do a podcast with author Megan Giselle Smith. Um, we're between out, seasons Megan. right now. <laughs> She's a bomb. Um, so we're on hiatus, but our entire season one is available at Bitchin' About, um, which the link to that is on my website as well, just for the sake of brevity. But yeah, it's been a joy, like, hanging out with you. I'm really glad yeah, that we yeah. got to have this talk and have some fun. <laughs> yeah, this was so much fun for real. I think the viewers and listeners are definitely going to enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> you can find the video um, on YouTube at Dreadful Talk Podcast. Go subscribe. I appreciate that. And then if you're an audio podcast person, the audio will be um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your audio podcast, it'll be there. So um, Lauren Kelly Intuitive, thank you so much. This is episode 40 of Dreadful Talk. You're the best. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. I appreciate you. I'll talk to you later. Yep. See you. Bye.